You are listening to the Journal of Rheumatology's Editor's Picks with Dr. Earl Silverman, Editor-in-Chief. Hi, this is Earl Silverman, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Rheumatology. Welcome you to the December 2019 edition of Editor's Picks. First paper I'd like to highlight is entitled Neutrophil Extracellular Traps May Contribute to the Pathogenesis of Adult Onset Stills Disease, or AOSD, and is by On and colleagues. Neutrophil traps, or NETs, have been known to be important in multiple systemic inflammatory disease. As AOSD is a systemic inflammatory disease, it is logical to examine the role of NET in its pathogenesis. In order to determine the importance of NETs, the investigators determine the serum levels of NET molecule in 35 patients with active AOSD, then performed immunohistochemical analysis for proteins related to NETs in skin and lymph node biopsies from these same patients. Now let's look at the results. They found significantly increased serum levels of the NET molecules that correlated with several disease activity markers following treatment with corticosteroids with a subsequent decrease in disease activity. The level of these molecules significantly decreased. Furthermore, serum obtained from patients with active AOSD induced netosis. This induction was not seen when healthy control serum was used. Immunohistochemical examination of skin and lymph node biopsies from patients with active AOSD showed evidence of net-related proteins, but these proteins were not seen in skin from either healthy controls nor from patients with psoriasis. Please read this article to learn more about netosis and why the authors believe that this study demonstrates that NETs likely contributed to the pathogenesis of AOSD. The second article to highlight is entitled Association of Childhood Abuse with Incident Systemic Lupus Erythematosus in Adulthood in a Longitudinal Cohort of Women and is by Feldman and colleagues. The rationale for this study was that exposure to severe stressors may alter immune function, augment inflammation, and cytokine release, and thereby increase the risk of autoimmune disease development. The specific aim of this study was to determine if childhood abuse was associated with heightened risk of incident SLE. The investigators used data from the Nurses Health Study 2, which is a cohort of U.S. female nurses who were enrolled in 1989 and then followed with biennial questionnaires. They measured childhood physical and emotional abuse, as well as sexual abuse, in patients who had incident SLE during the study period. Of the 67,516 women, 94 incident cases of SLE were detected. Vescadis found that the highest versus the lowest 
physical and emotional abuse was associated with 2.5 times a greater risk of the development of SLE. Please read the article to find out what factors accounted for the increased risk of developing SLE that was associated with childhood abuse. Please read the article, understand the significance and the potential gen generalizability of their findings. The third article to highlight is entitled Predictor of Hand Contractures in Early Systemic Sclerosis and the Effect on Function, a prospective study of genosis cohort and is by Bunai and colleagues. Hand contractures and limited hand function is common in patients with systemic sclerosis. The aim of this study was a, to identify baseline features that could predict progression of hand contractures and the effect of these contractures on overall physical function. To do this, investigators longitudinally measured hand extension, a mo the modified health assessment questionnaire, or the MHAQ score, the SF36 physical function score, as well as clinical and serologic variables. They followed 219 patients over an average of 8.1 years. The authors found that hand extension decreased on average by 0.11 centimeters per year, and that decrease tended to be linear over time. Please read the article to find out which autoantibodies and clinical features were predictive of contracture and contracture progression and the association of contractures with the MHAC and the SF36 scores. This also, also describes a quick and simple technique to measure hand contractions in your patients with systemic sclerosis. Fourth article to highlight is entitled Investigating the Association of Giant Cell Arteritis with Varicella Zoster Virus in Temporal Artery Biopsies or Ascending Aorta Resection and is by Solomon and colleagues. It has been suggested that there may be an infectious agent that is important in the pathogenesis of giant cell arteritis or GCA. A leading candidate in the pathogenesis is the reactivation of varicella zoster virus, or VZV. The aim of this study was to examine temporal artery and ascending aorta specimens for the presence of VZV by immunostaining using a cocktail of multiple anti-VZV antibodies. The investigators examined 41 temporal artery biopsies and 47 ascending aorta resections that were positive for GCA. They found that none of these 88 specimens were positive for VZV by immunohistochemical staining. Please read the art, this article to see if the results of this study are consistent with previous investigations into the role of VZV in the pathogenesis of GCA and to determine if you agree with the author's recommendation regarding the issue of VZV in the development of GCA. 
The last article to highlight is entitled, Is Traditional Chinese Medicine Use Associated with Worst Patient Reported Outcomes Among Chinese American Rheumatology Patients? And is by Sun and colleagues. Traditional Chinese medicine, or TCM, are commonly used by Chinese patients with rheumatic diseases. The use of TCM is not restricted to patients in China, but is common throughout the world. The aim of this study was to examine TCM use in patients and the association of patient-reported outcomes among Chinese-American rheumatology patients. The authors studied 230 patients with a rheumatic disease who were followed in two practices in an urban area that predominantly served Chinese-American immigrants. The median patient age studies was 55 years with a range of 20 to 97 years. They found that 50% of the patient had used a TCM within one year of the study. 75% of these TCM users had used two or more modalities and 35% had used three or more modalities. Of note, only 30% of the TCM users had ever discussed TCM use with the rheumatologist. Please read this article to see what TCM modalities are commonly used, the reason patients used TCM, and the reasons why patients did not discuss the use of TCM with their rheumatologist. The authors also examined the differences in patient-reported outcome as measured by the patient-reported outcome measurement information system domains between TCM users and non-users. The authors also hypothesized why patients in their practice use TCM and how this knowledge of TCM use can improve the health of your immigrant Chinese patients. I want to thank you all for listening to my review of what I felt were particularly important articles appearing in the December 2019 issue of the Journal of Rheumatology. I hope my summaries will lead you to reading not only these five articles, but all the articles appearing in the December 29th edition. Please read either the print or the online edition, which can be found at www.jroom.org. If you have any comments on this summary or articles appearing in the Journal of Rheumatology, please send them to manuscripts at jroom.com. I hope you will listen to next month's editor's picks for January of 2020.